Bigger the fupa, tastier the chalupa. There was a hit at the uh, football game. A lot of people were like, hey, can I take a picture? And I turned around, and they're like, I want to see your face as well as your hat. Oh, I thought it was, I just want to see your fupa. <laughs> well, they, they get that regardless. Yeah. Did you did you give them my number? I can send them a picture, full frontal? Uh, they didn't want to Every talk to Every fucking day with the phone calls in this show, it just doesn't. Maybe you should shut your phone off. Just give me a second. Can you give me a second? A second, people. Don't they know? Fucking people. Don't they know? Uh, how's it going? How's everybody doing? Happy Veterans Day. Uh, th- thanks to all the veterans out there. Thank you for your service, Bill. <laughs> 69, Saigon. Uh, kudos. <laughs> kudos to y'all. Uh, we got a lot to get to. We got a tight time frame. We got Jack Simone on the program today. Talk some Celtics. We have to talk, haven't talked to him since uh, the collapse against the Warriors last year. So uh, let's start the show. The Simple Mind Sports Show, latest and greatest in New England sports. Let's do some opening takes. Wild card opening takes. No one knows where we're going with this. I don't even know where I'm going with this. So I'm going to go last. Ray? Why uh, do you get to always go last? You should go first. Producer. R- producer. Fair enough. Credit. <laughs> uh, tastier the Chalupa, uh, bigger the Fupa. Why don't you... Why don't you kick us off? Uh, thank you there, Richard. Uh, the Bruins got to keep their winning ways because if they keep winning, everyone will forget that they uh, just fought, uh, hired slash fired a racist in Mitchell Miller. So that's the good news for Sweeney is this team keeps on rolling. Just push this aside because it is an ugly PR blow for the Boston Bruins organization in the front office for not doing their due research on this kid who is a piece of shit, a.k.a. a cunt in real life. <laughs> well said, Bobby. <laughs> the end of that just took me completely out yeah i was i had something to say and then the, the aka a cunt really uh you know what nail the coffin good for me you're good i was ready but okay here we go this bye week for the patriots they better get their shit together because they're coming in they got the jets home game they're just coming off a big win against the bills then they got four primetime games four in a row i don't think i've ever seen it where they ever had four in a row and they got so the straight up 100% national TV game, Vikings, Thanksgiving night, and then Bills, Raiders, Cardinals. If their offense looks like shit four national TV games in a row, it's going to be a laughing stock for them. And that's not something. And I think there would possibly could be some change next year. If you get on, if you go on national TV four times in a row and have your offense look like it has the past two weeks, just, something's got to come of that, but they better get it together this week. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's a good point in the other those night games, uh, four in a row at eight thirty, whatever it is. Never seen it. Sucks. What the hell? I will guarantee for a team that isn't like a major contender right now. Yeah, I will guarantee you that that Raiders Patriots game gets flexed out of the four of uh, the eight thirty uh, schedule. Is that There's a no, Sunday night? That's a Sunday night. There's no fucking way they're gonna keep that game. I don't know. Patriots still draw, man. Patriots they draw, still draw. But they both if they both suck. It I'll tell. Like I'll it. give you this. If McDaniel's f- is fired, fine. That uh, McDaniel's Belichick, no, but it's a good point. Um, and I don't think we've ever seen that on the schedule. That's kind of wild. It's a it, it, New England's a blue collared area, NFL. All right, people got to go to work in the morning. Just put them on at one, and let's fucking move on with our lives. Four thirty's okay. pushing it. Four thirty pushing it. Sunday at uh, one. That's that's how we like it. We're old school. Get off my lawn. Sunday yeah. at one. I'd like to be drunk by eleven thirty and uh, sober <laughs> up for the get a nice little nap in on the four thirty game and uh, yeah. go to bed at halftime of the night game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Welcome to Sunday football, you assholes. <laughs> God damn 
Uh, my opening take, I'll go Celtics because uh, bottom of the totem pole here. Uh, the Celtics have started out to a hot start. We've got some question marks. We've got some uh, some questions to ask Jack Simone of uh, Bobby's favorite uh, publisher, Heavy.com. He also works for CLNS Media, a whole bunch of shit. Um, I, I want to ask him, Jason Tatum is off to his hardest, hottest start of his career. He's the early uh, one of the early favorites for MVP. I want to see how uh, he what he thinks of Joe Mazzula and the Ime Udoka fallout, especially with the Nets passing on Udoka after the latest Kyrie scandal. I want to talk about him with about the latest Kyrie scandal and Jalen Brown's response. Uh, can the roster remain as it is and compete? So a lot of questions, I guess I would say about the Celtics that we'd like to answer in the first segment. So stick around for that. We'll be talking about that. We'll be talking about the Bruins are not racist, Raymond. You mentioned this. They cut that kid, so they're not racist. But Fact. you hired him. You, you hired him first, so you're hired. You yeah, you're but they cut him. You yeah, but they cut him. So, so is so not racist. We'll talk about that. We'll talk about the Patriots bye week uh, coming up. As Bobby touched on, let's do a little around the NFL. A nice. Uh, normally, this is a real Patriots focus. So let's take a little time to dip around the NFL. We haven't had Big Mac's uh, power rankings in quite Ooh. a while. But halfway through the season here, a little over, so we'll get Dr. Big Mac's power rankings. Don't don't let me forget. I think it's been on the rundown for like the last three weeks, and I just keep. I have forgetting. it always in my notebook too, and you just skip over it. So yeah, no, no, you're very forgettable. Um, uh, Red Sox. My wife tells me. And simplest minds of the week. Welcome to the Simple Minds Sports Show Friday Rewind. Eleven eleven. I didn't even put it in here. Eleven eleven. Welcome to the show. Everybody's done. I didn't even put it's shocking to me that I'm going to remember to say welcome to the show uh, if you're on, on YouTube. Sorry, not a good day for us. If you're watching on YouTube, if you're listening on iHeartRadio, we're the number one New England sports show on the on the iHeart there. So uh, congratulations to us. iTunes, we are the self-proclaimed New England, uh, number one New England sports show. And anywhere else you get your podcast, rate, review, uh, subscribe, tell your friends, and as always, tell your mothers. Where's Jack? Did you send him an email? Yes, I sent him an email. Oh, he's waiting to get in. That's where Jack is. <laughs> <laughs> there's jack right there he's been waiting to get in it didn't it didn't give me a uh update thing it was just you were oh. he was hidden in the uh the weight room wow hello jack hello hello how we doing hey good jack are how are you hello jack good good hello. i like to see that since last time we've talked to you I, i've watched some of your interviews and, and catching you on the uh, on the gram there with your um Celtics podcast. Yeah. But it's glad I'm glad that you have not changed the black void that is that is behind you. <laughs> the goddamn no, noise no, this is, This is forever. This is this stays with me. <laughs> Between that and and Bobby's like 1980s apartment uh <laughs> that's yeah. been painted 50 times behind him and no decorations. <laughs> we got well, this is a hell of a look on this show. Bobby meet Jack, Jack Bobby. Bobby's uh joining the show with us lately. Hello, Jack. Nice, nice to, to meet, meet you. you. Nice to meet you as well. Jack uh, obviously has been with us uh, quite a few times, uh, still with CLNS, uh, heavy. Um, uh, you're still doing the Charlotte stuff, too? Uh, I stepped back from that a little bit. I'm mainly heavy Celtics blogger now. Those are the two. 
just in, just interviewing the big names in, in Boston sports with uh, <laughs> uh, Grant Williams, and the list ends there. Even though I know you yeah. have a couple more on there, <laughs> <laughs> we'll give you a time to plug your shit at the end of the show, Jack. Jack, I got a yeah. lot to get to. We haven't talked to you since the collapse against the Warriors, and uh, the Celtics have had just in a couple weeks of a first regular season a pretty interesting start mm-hmm. to the regular season. I'm gonna kind of skip over the uh, uh, Udoka stuff. We'll touch on a little bit. But the injuries between between Gallinari and uh, Robert Williams started the season off. But then you get off to a hot 3-0 start. Jason Tatum, now you're in top three for MVP uh, votes. Let's start there. Your thoughts on Jason Tatum averaging 31, 7, and 4, 38 behind the three, living at the free throw line, and taking on defensive challenges like Ja Morant the other night, 0 for 4, two blocks against Ja. Your thoughts on, on Tatum to start the year? Yeah, I mean, you usually don't see this Jason Tatum until February. Uh, he's known for the slow starts. Um, I was actually looking at his stats through the first 10 games or whatever because I was writing uh, about, you know, just Tatum for like a post-game article randomly. So I was looking at, you know, when's the last time he averaged like not 30% from the field for the first 10 games of the season? Uh, it was a slow start last year, but it's like it's kind of like on and off, kind of like the Red Sox, right? Like the the, the worst ever one year then they're great the next year that's kind of been Tatum so uh this is his really good through the first 10 games year I suppose uh and yeah he, like you said he's in MVP conversations right now uh and I think if the Celtics continue to be towards the top of the east and he continues to average these numbers which I don't know how sustainable 30 points is um because there are a lot of players averaging 30 points right now because offense is up I think probably with the way the Celtics and Joe Missoula have run the offense, it's possible um, because he's getting a lot of easy looks and he's getting more looks than ever just off of cuts and off of layups, uh, which he wasn't getting last year. So maybe it's possible uh, if, if you look at those, but if he continues to average, you know, 28 to 30 points, seven to four, um, I think he'll be in those conversations, especially if the Celtics stay up there. I, I think Giannis right now has to be the favorite just because the Bucks are dominant and he's putting up crazy numbers again. But I- I'd say him, Luca, Tatum, John Morant, and Donovan Mitchell are probably top five for me right now. So Tatum's definitely in the mix. Do you want him to win uh, for the panel? Do you want him to win MVP? Wouldn't it? Wouldn't it be? No, they they named the MVP in before the playoffs or first round of the playoffs or somewhere around there in the NBA, right? So like you know it in the playoffs. Wouldn't you want a, a motivated Jason Tatum if they give it to Luca? Luca wins it. <laughs> the Mavs are probably another first or second round exit. Celtics should be in the mix for getting out of the East. Don't you want to pissed off? Just more motivation. Tatum? Yeah, motivation. At least yeah. everything's Tatum said. He sounds like he's motivated. He's saying all the right things. So I don't even know if the award would mean much to him if you go off the quotes that he's had recently. How I'd much like money to, do you? Like how much money that. do you get? How much money do you get for MVP? That's the only motivating factor that he's in. Because obviously, when he didn't get all NBA, he was very pissed off about the money he didn't get. So maybe that's well, probably his mama. Don't let him spend his NBA money, right? Uh uh uh. They they she's raising that boy smart. Going after the Gronk method. Yeah yeah exactly. Um. To that to that point, first uh, I, I held my tongue on this, Jack. But how dare you compare Jason Tatum to the Boston Red Sox? First of all, so <laughs> I, I don't know. Coming in hot there, not this uh, year's we, Boston Red Sox. <laughs> you did mention Joe Missoula. Uh, your your overall thoughts, your initial thoughts on Missoula. He's had to look. I'll give you mine and I'll let you go. Obviously, it seems like the guys like him. You know, he's been revered in the in the organization for uh, a few years now. Um, obviously, uh, you know, Stevens and them like him in his basketball IQ, but 
he's had to deal with the Udoka stuff. It came rearing yeah. back with the Nets dumpster fire, just dragged yeah. him back into the mud in the mix. We had the comments from Marcus Smart, of course. Uh, but just from an on-court standpoint and an off-court standpoint, your thoughts on Missoula to start the season here? I thought he's been good. I don't think it's was ever going to be easy for him. I mean, you're talking about throwing a guy in a situation where he's very clearly the second choice. He's very clearly, you know, I, I don't think he's necessarily the player's second choice, but obviously from what Marcus and Jalen said, they respected Udoka. And I, I mean, I think he's done a good job so far this season. I also think it's difficult because you have a lot of people complaining about the defense um, when he just doesn't have the same pieces to work with that Udoka did. You talk about having Robert Williams and, Realistically speaking, it took Udoka half a season to figure out the defense, even with Robert Williams in the lineup, because they were terrible to start last year. And now you're talking about the Celtics with a pretty average defense. It's getting back around to uh, top 10 in the league. I think over the last five or so games, they've been towards that top 10 in the league status, which they were last season, because you have to consider offenses just up around the league as well. Um, yeah, but they're their 17th offense, right now with uh, yeah. they're giving up 114, you know, um, it's, but it's getting back there. They were giving up 125, 130 to start yeah. the year. So yeah, they're they're clawing clawing their way back, and I think um, he's actively trying to make adjustments with that. Like you've seen him put Grant in the starting lineup a couple of times. Not saying that's the answer, just saying like he's trying different combinations. Here he goes you again. Right? Yeah, 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 he goes yeah, again. He's got his jersey on underneath that sweater. Like, <laughs> oh, yeah, oh, yeah. Every day he wears it but, like a wife beater, like you guys. <laughs> <laughs> the more important thing to note, I think, that a lot of people seem to be. I don't want to say glossing over, but not focusing on as much because they're looking at the negatives is the offense is the best offense in NBA history right now. Like like the offense is running completely smoothly and you got to give credit to Malcolm Brogdon for coming in because he's obviously a big piece. Sam Hauser's emergence, but you also have to give Joe Missoula credit for putting them in the place to, to play that way because they're playing faster. They're emphasizing the three more, but when they're not taking threes, they're cutting to the basket and they're taking open layups and they're running like the offense looks really, really good. Uh, and until they get Robert Williams back and until they figure out how they want to play defense because you see them experimenting with like drop coverage, throwing Horford back. Um, you see Cornette doing his little three point jump thing, which is funny. Um, but until they do that, they have the offense to kind of fall back on. And I think that's super important. So I'm happy with Joseph Far. You heard a quote from Jalen last night saying that uh, I don't always want to talk after the game, but Joe tells me, no, you're going to talk to me. And I, I appreciate that. So you, you got to like, he's, he's building a good rapport uh, with the locker room and they've known him for years. So I, I think it was the best choice. You've obviously heard Brad Stevens with Grossbeck uh, say how confident they are in him. I think he'll be um, good with the Celtics and good in this spot as the head coach until they start losing. And right now they're what eight and three. So you, there's not really much to complain about outside of the defense, which again has picked it up. Yeah, and that's not just uh, green team hyperbole from Jack there and the best offense ever. They are technically on pace, offensive rating-wise, at 118 to be the best ever. Uh, right now, as it stands, it was the COVID Nets at 117.3, <laughs> if I have that right, uh, with yeah. the best offensive rating. And they're cooking, and it's not just Tatum, to your point. They're running, man. Like, that was the first thing I noticed. Game one, right away, mm -hmm. they're getting out. They're getting out on the break and, and moving. And I think the biggest guy that benefits – is Tatum for sure getting some easy buckets, but that's Jalen's game, man. You know, the offense doesn't slog down the other side and you can get him in out, out on the break. That's good for both your superstars. Um, what, what is what? Let's dial it back a little bit. A few weeks. We haven't, we'd never got your thoughts uh, unless you, you read Jack regularly, just on the whole Udoka fiasco. I don't know how deep you want to go into like, <laughs> His transgressions, uh, just slinging around the old Celtics organization there. But 
do you think that it was handled correctly? How much of an impact do you think it has on the team currently? And mm-hmm. now that the Nets have passed on him, I can't imagine him coming back up in job conversations across the league. Can he just go away for the year, or is it looming over this team when they go on their first four game skid? Oh, oh, Doka's still there in the in the wings if he's suspended and whatnot. I think there will obviously be people who bring it up just because they like complaining and that's kind of what they do. Like a lot, like on Twitter, you see these people who Celtics win by 40 and they complain because somebody shot two of like nine from the field. Like they'll just find things to complain about. And that's like an easy one to cherry pick. Uh, I was happy with the way the Celtics handled it because obviously the first reports came out and said, you know, Udoka had a consensual relationship and I thought that was really irresponsible reporting for motion shams. Just, I mean, like how you can't put that word out there and then just immediately pull it back and say, actually, maybe it wasn't because like, that's such an important, like <laughs> they also like had that, to, they had to have got that from the Udoka side. Right. So like oh, they had to get it from not somewhere. to and, bounce that off the, the Celtics <laughs> is crazy. Yeah. And not to go on like, cause I, I don't want to go too in depth on it because it's been like whatever dredged up time and time again, but the incessant need to be first with the news led to some very irresponsible reporting on it, which in turn made the Celtics look bad, which in turn led to, you know, Stephen A. Smith and national television broadcast talking all this stuff about how the Celtics are irresponsible. Even the other uh, other week you had, um, I think it was Jalen Rose going on the air saying, you know, the, the woman's name needs to be out there too. And then he immediately had to pull it back because he realized, well, maybe that was dumb because it yes. wasn't a consensual relationship. Like, like the, the way slash guys and no organization ever is it okay for uh the the leader of the organization no. to go sleeping with subordinates especially no. wives of subordinates no. like, and, mm-hmm. and like come on like people making you know unwanted comments making unwanted advances like all this came out and the way the reporting was handled was bad i think the celtics handled it really well they hired a legal team um and you can be mad that the details aren't out because obviously the players are frustrated and I, I understand, you know, Marcus Smart, obviously Jalen Brown making comments. I understand the frustration because they don't know they're in the dark just as much as the rest of us. And from our perspective, it's pretty easy to disconnect from Udoka because we don't have a relationship with him. We've never met him. He's just a coach of the team. And now that we know, or, you know, reportedly that he did these things, um, we can just kind of, you know, cast him off and say, okay, that's gross. Goodbye. Get away from the Celtics organization. But for Smart and Brown, who built this relationship with him for a year, they've known him. They went to the finals with him. Uh, the, the first time they went to the finals was with this coach who they're probably friends with and close with at this point for them to kind of be left in the dark as to, okay, what exactly did he do? Why can he go coach another team, but not us? I, I understand that frustration. Um, but from the Celtics perspective, they did everything by the book of a business. Cause you have to remember at its core, the Celtics are a business. So they hired a legal firm. They said, okay, figure this out. What happened? Tell us what to do. Uh, And then they couldn't really say anything after that because it wasn't in their hands anymore. It was in the hands of a legal matter. Yeah. I would just say, you know, after we bid adieu to you, Jack, we're going to talk about the Bruins fiasco. You look at the way they handled (laughs) their shit and the way the Celtics did is like Celtics waited till they had their ducks in a row. They came out, Mm -hmm. they made the press conference, they made the release, and now they've basically shut up ever since. Where I think they did make a a misstep is letting the Nets talk to Odoka and letting that be a possibility. Because that led to the Marcus Smart, well, why can't he coach somewhere else? He can't coach here, and we don't know what's going on. I'll just say to that, to him and to Jalen Brown, and we can pair this with his comments on Kyrie Irving, grow up, kids. Like, grow up. 
all right, fine. He was your buddy and you made a connection and I get that. And it's hard emotionally, especially in that type of environment, uh, you know, in, in professional sports to let that go. It's really intense. I get that, but come on. The guy, he said, you're head coach of an NBA basketball team. He's sleeping around the whole organization. He, he, did, he let you guys down. The organization didn't let you guys down. He did. And I think that's being, at least from the comments, um, you know, they're not really seeing that eye to eye. And I'll just pair that with Jalen Brown coming out in the last couple of days, talking about the Kyrie Irving, the latest Kyrie Irving debacle, calling it a mistake. Jalen Brown came out and said, basically, Kyrie made a mistake. He's not an anti-Semite. And, you know, basically give him a pass is essentially what Jalen Brown said. Both nope. VPs of the Player Association. Fuck <laughs> Kyrie Irving. I think we all know our stance on that. I think the whole world stances on that, except for the NBA players, apparently. Any any opinion on this, Jack? I mean, LeBron just tweeted about it, too. I don't know if you saw that. He said, I yeah. think what Kyrie did was, you know, wrong, obviously, but I think not letting him play is a step too far. And I mean, I, I've said this in other places. I think what Kyrie did was stupid. And I think <clears throat> I don't think Kyrie's a bad person. I just think he's lost. And that's the best word I have for it. Like, I just think he he gets too clingy to these conspiracy theories and he goes out and he says stuff that. Like, like I, I agree with, like, I agree that I don't think he's an anti-Semite. I just think he's too stubborn to just apologize because he realized, like, after he made a mistake, like, he did something that was clearly wrong. He promoted a movie that was clearly, clearly wrong. Uh, and then instead of just apologizing and owning it, similar to what Jalen Rose did after he made the stupid Udoka comments, he refused to back down because he's stubborn and so stuck in what he thinks he believes in. Um <clears throat> Do I what think he the thinks he believes in is the key, exactly is the key way to exactly. phrase that. And here's here's Car sorry, go ahead. No, you go, go go go. No. no, he's a he's a pea brain. Okay, let's stop. <laughs> he's a moron. Let's stop. I've called him every word under the sun, but at the end of the day, he's just an idiot. He's just a moron. You can't like he can't. And he and he digs himself his own holes. I don't. I I agree with you. And every. The other side of the Kyrie conversation from the supporters is always, well, look what he's done for uh, charity and, and for the, you know, people. and that's all true. Millions of dollars in community work. Mm -hmm. I don't think morally he's corrupt, but Jesus is that he is he an asshole. He is one yeah. of the biggest, uh, you know, diarrhea out of his mouth. Just freaking does not. He can't control a spotlight and he and he because of his talent, he gets it. And the fact that he can't understand that and his lack of awareness, self-awareness is so broad, it's infuriating. Yeah. So maybe Jalen Brown gets that. Um, maybe he, you know, and he's and he's trying to just speak to the core of. And the uh, players the are going to stand up for each other. Like they're they're going to defend each other. That's just because like that's the point of the players' association. They're going to back each other up. And as far as the like requirements for him to come back on the court i think all of them are fine i was listening to uh the front office show podcast which i listened to and they made a good point saying that he you could probably can't force him to donate money because that kind of like you can't find somebody more than a certain amount so you probably can't force him to pay that much money but other than that like he made a mistake he had ample chances to just say i'm sorry i didn't mean it and he didn't and so that's what led to this and i agree with it from that perspective the players are going to defend the players that's what it is but like you said at the press conference everyone talks about Two minutes prior to him having to talk about this, he said, I'm grateful to have a platform where I can influence millions. And then when he's asked about the influence and the promotion of this movie, he says, people don't have to listen to what I say. Like he like like you said, I think he means well. I think he's probably a good person. And he like you said, he does all this great stuff, but he just digs himself in the hole and he doesn't like he can't get himself out of it. Yeah, I won't give him good person. I'll just say I don't think he's morally I don't think he's more <laughs> morally corrupt. And uh yeah. 
you know, we can leave it there. I forget, I forget that was the point I was going to make, but that's, that's probably enough. Oh, uh, on the players association, they have to, with Joe Asai, that's not bargained. They, he can't just like make his players do whatever he wants them to do. They, it has to fall within what yeah. was collectively bargained in terms mm-hmm. of penalties and stuff like that. So sure. Yeah. You can't, you know, even that you can't take a guy's livelihood away, even though mm-hmm. <laughs> he's probably part of the woke cancel culture. And no offense, Jack, I know you're on the younger side, but when's the last time we took, you know, so many 26 year old fucking worldview opinions so seriously? <laughs> you're just, they're just, I was, a, I'm still a moron. 10 years ago, I was a, I was a bigger, <laughs> huge moron. moron. Huge moron. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was a bigger yeah. moron. Trust me. <laughs> So all that being said, speaking of morons, just your thoughts on Marcus Smart. Uh, <laughs> Come on, man. <laughs> you know he's the bane in my existence, but he's been playing well. He has stretches. Mm-hmm. He's had 10-plus assists the last three games. Uh, can he be uh, the linchpin that they, he needs to be in his role for the whole season? Is this the year? Is this the, the year? I think he got basically to, like, game five of the NBA Finals last year and finally turned back into a pumpkin. Can he hold off this year? Yeah, no, I, like you said, he's been playing well. He's averaging north of 10 assists over his past three games. Um, he's averaging seven assists on the season, which would be a career high and less than two turnovers. So in terms of point guard play, like there's not really a question anymore. He's a point guard and he's a good point guard at that. He's one of four players in the league averaging seven assists and less than two turnovers. And he, one of the others is Chris Paul. So like that's pretty good company if you're a point guard. Um, the shooting is not Paul, there. Has Chris, Bobby, quick question if you know Chris Paul very well. Has he ever won an NBA championship? That's a no. Well, another, another is Fred Van Fleet. <laughs> So, I'll give you that one. Wait, <laughs> I'll put you in a headlock. Oh, uh, same amount of here. NBA championships. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, no, he's been playing well. The shooting's not there, and if you're, I'll put it this way: if you're expecting Marcus Smart to shoot forty percent from three, it's not going to happen. Like he's I'm never going to. Just like to not for him. I would like to expect him not to shoot in the fourth quarter at all. That's sure. what I'd like. <laughs> That's what I'd like sure. to expect. Um, my philosophy has always been, and I'm sure I've said this here before, if you get a shot within the flow of the offense, you have to take it, especially in this Celtics offense. Um, and I think he's done a better job of cutting back on the the quick shots. I think most of those are going to Derek White, Sam Hauser, Grant Williams, the Jays. I think they're getting most of the opportunities in Malcolm Brogdon, who's been great this year. Um, but I think he's done a good job of playing within his role. Uh, he looks great. I think I, I don't think he's going to average 10 assists throughout the season. Obviously, this is a, a great run he's on, but I do think he could average seven, seven and a half assists or whatever. Um, cut back on his three point attempts, which he, he went through a slump at the start of the season. But over the last few games, he's been hitting them a little bit better, um, which is all you can ask from him. Um, and I, I think he's played his role really well in terms of getting the ball to Jason and Jalen and finding them in the correct spots. Fine, uh, fine, and I, fine, I think fine, fine, the defense fine. too, Not, obviously. Nine but. years into the season, into his career, we're uh, we're finally <laughs> establishing Marcus Smart as his role. All right. In closing, uh, from from one of your favorites to the to the next, the biggest surprise on the uh, Celtics or X Factor, however you want to describe it. I gave you a couple names here between, you mentioned them just now, Jack, Hauser, Brogdon, Grant Williams, Mm -hmm. Derek White. I'll go to the panel. We have Bobby. I don't know how much Celtics you've been watching lately, but if you have a thought on this, any, uh, uh, I know we haven't heard from you here, and then we'll close it out with Jack. Just uh, surprise players, X Factors, any guys that you you like coming off the bench, Winley, or uh, your thoughts on that? Yeah, I, my biggest thought is we talked about them playing fast break basketball, but they're also basically playing eight guys. Is that sustainable? Uh, the one thing that my biggest surprise is they're playing like a playoff rotation. 
their starters play 30 plus everybody else just spells and they basically don't play the floor without three or four starters on there. And to me, that's probably my biggest surprise. So is that sustainable or do they have to kind of get some more minutes here to other players? Jack. I think you're right. I think that's a big concern. Um, I've heard throughout Twitter and just people I've talked to, especially with Al Horford, because you heard coming into the season, he's going to play, not play back-to-backs and he hasn't, but he's been playing a lot of minutes. Um, I think the issue is who do you play because you don't really need more depth at the guard position. And I think a lot of people are clamoring for Peyton Pritchard, but if you go into the center rotation, Luke Cornett's been good. I think he's actually been a pleasant surprise. Noah Vonley's had the struggles with the fouls and Blake Griffin. You can just tell is kind of a step slow, but he's good locker room presence at the very least. Um, You just don't really have the depth at the wing, which is where I think you really kind of need it. And that's why you're seeing more Sam Hauser who spoiler alert, he's been the biggest surprise. I mean, that dude doesn't miss. It's very fun. So pure. It's, it's so crazy. So <laughs> I, I was at the garden last night. Um, the crowd was just so every time we made a shot, it was just erupting. It, it was fun. But uh Dude, white I, I think... boy from three, you kidding me? Boston wet dream right there. <laughs> Richard last year, now Hauser, you got it all. Yeah. Um, no, yeah, the depth I, I don't want to say it's necessarily a problem, but I do think you could kind of see the issues that come from it later in the season. Is there a fix? I don't know. A lot of teams are playing their guys a lot of minutes. You see Toronto does it a lot. Um, but I guess we'll see uh, later in the season. I think Tatum and Brown will be fine with it because they're younger. Horford is where I start to get worried. Would you, two questions here and then we'll let you go, Jack. Would you, um, pin that as something that snuck up on them last year when they got to the finals, the, the minutes Udoka, same way, first year coach Mm -hmm. had to get those guys back on track. He rode that eight man rotation all year last year, finally got on track, obviously towards the second half, but do you feel like fatigue set in, um, with their key players at the end. And then in terms of a fix, like, I know this isn't a big deal. It's not going to make a a huge deal, but they got a $3 million exemption um, from the Gallinari injury. You have some free agents out there at the center position. Not all of them are the most popular names, the boogie cousins, the Dwight Howard's the, you know, you're talking about guys that 12 minutes at most, but can they bring someone back of their old, you know, from their prime? Do you go that route? Because I get, I'll give you Luke Cornett blocking a shot from the block uh, down in the post, <laughs> but Blake Griffin's not going to give you anything there. Mm-hmm. Robert Williams is expected back, sure, but Jesus, can you really rely on Robert Williams? And I love Al Horford probably more than anybody, but at 37 years old, trust me, those knees and ankles don't don't mm-hmm. hold up over the course of. <laughs> yeah. I I can barely mm-hmm. walk up the stairs. I don't know how <laughs> Horford's doing it. So, uh, your thought on the on the uh, front court there. Yeah, no, I I think, and this has been my stance even throughout the summer when everyone was looking at the bigs, I I think the bigger issue is the wings. You have Horford, you have um, Cornette as the backup right now, and he'll kind of transition into being the third string once Robert Williams is back. Um, I mean, you know what I was going to say. You have Gray Williams who can guard big guys. He's smaller, but he can do it. Um, And then Vonley, too, who can give you (laughs) a couple minutes here and there. Um, But at the wing, you really have Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, Sam Hauser, and then nothing right justin jackson's your next actual wing off the bench and he's not going to get um <clears throat> real minutes the, the issue comes is there's no real guys on you know in free agency at the wing position who you'd feel comfortable bringing in and the disabled player exceptions only 3.2 mil um i was talking to uh, or keith smith put out an article for celtics blog talking about how it's it's less of a useful thing and more of just a tool to have in the toolkit because like there's no real guys you can get for 3.2 million that are going to make an impact. And he made a good point. He said that 
the one place where it can become useful is by the time you get to the uh, buyout season, when players start to get buy up, bought out by their teams, um, those salaries are prorated, which is like their, their lesser lesson because, you know, you pay them for the rest of the season. But the Celtics will have this extra money um, so they can offer more than other teams. So maybe they'll have an edge in buyout season. But other than that, I don't see the disabled player exception playing a big role. The only real place I think they could make a move is if they trade Peyton Pritchard or they trade one of these bench guys with one of the TPs they have for five, six mil. And even then you're talking about like, I mean, a guy I looked at is Kenrich Williams on the Thunder, who's a solid defender and he can play the wing. Um, other names that have been thrown out. I know Mark Mo Harkless got bought out. That's a name I've seen thrown around. Um, there were others too, but none of them are going to be guys that I'll give you 20 minutes coming in, giving you 10 minutes off the bench at the wing position, I think could be useful. Um, but the big difference, not to go on a, a rant here, but last year in the finals, I think they had seven guys who they trusted before it was Daniel Tice, Aaron Neesmith, the rest. Right now they have seven guys, plus they brought in Brogdon, plus Sam Hauser's playing minutes, plus they have Cornette who can play actual minutes, who they trust a little bit more. So it's not much else, but I think throughout the course of the season, having the extra guys who you trust in the playoffs is going to play a big role. I agree with you. Goddamn Gallinari would look good in this. In this oh, team, fuck right? He'd be very fun. He's, he's, the, missing, my, he's the missing guy. <laughs> yeah. The, the, the one tough. thing I'm, I'm, I'm not glad he got hurt, obviously, but I don't think Sam Hauser would have gotten the chances right. he got oh, no. if Gallinari was here. So oh, you're I right. Think, that's, that's actually a good point. Yeah. And he, that, yeah, but, he's been, yeah. he's been super fun. And, and the Celtics have been really hesitant to let guys like that um, kind of come through the system the latest last few yeah. years. So good thing he got to it off to a hot start or probably would have got buried. Mm-hmm. Yes, I agree. Jack, thanks so much. Always uh fun talking to you. Uh, take a minute here, pitch your stuff. Let us know where we can find all of the latest from you and uh, we'll let you go. Yeah, uh, writing at Celticsblog and heavy.com. I host a podcast called the How About Them Celtics podcast, that as well. So, uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. Those those two things in that podcast. And uh, I, I host a podcast also, the Simone NBA show, which is where you saw the Grit Williams interview earlier this summer. Had Muggsy Bogues on the podcast, too. That was pretty cool. But uh, right on, man. working on that stuff. But yeah, average height. Keep <laughs> question. Exactly. If you ever want some moderate to uh, less than intelligent opinions, we're we're happy to join at any point in time. Um, <laughs> but we appreciate you jumping on with us and uh, enjoy the day, man. Thanks. Sure. Yeah. Thank you guys for having me. See you later, later Jack. Jack. He's going places. Sweet, sweet Jack. Sweet, sweet Jack. Mm-hmm. I think he's in his twenties though. Do you think he took offense from my uh, everyone in their mid twenties is an idiot? Comment? No. 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 No, I meant everybody soft. except for he, Jack. He's not soft. His general he, tone after that was different. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of general tones, let's throw over to the headlines with the obvious one. Thank you there, Richard. The Patriots won on Sunday, killing another franchise in the Indianapolis Colts, 26-3. Matt Patricia's offense lullaby put many to sleep, and that was led by Mac Jones and his average day of 20 for 30 with 147 and one TD and four sacks. The defense, on the other hand, is playing great football, and on Sunday, tied a franchise record with nine sacks in a game. Matthew Judon had three of them. Next up for the Patriots is a bye week, which means Tuesday at Arenes will be extremely busy. The Bruins lost only their second game, of the, yeah. <laughs> the second game of the season against the Maple Leafs on Saturday, 2-1, but are uh, one of the best teams in hockey with a 12-2 record. Hopefully they keep winning so the front office can sweep the hole. We hired a racist piece of shit in Mitchell Miller, and our jobs are all safe under the rug. The Celtics are on a four-game winning streak. Jesus, you don't even read your own shit well. 
No, I, I just read that at the last <laughs> second. I was like, oh, that's bad. Uh, the Celtics are on a four-game winning streak because they didn't have to play the Cleveland Cavaliers in that span. Wins over the Bulls, Knicks, Grizzlies, and Pistons. Uh, next up, Denver Nuggets tonight at 7 p.m. And in more NBA news, the Brooklyn Nets have decided that hiring Ime Adoko would be a bad thing with the ongoing dumpster fire that is in Brooklyn. No fucking shit. And MLB free agency has started with the Red Sox saying they will be big spenders this offseason, and they have signed absolutely no one yet. MLB, MLB free agency is the worst thing out of all four sports. This is Bed Headlines with the obvious one. Back to you, Richard. Man, that was Sorry. bad. I've been drinking. Yeah. Okay. I, had a, I had a day off today. Okay, good for you. Uh, let's do this, Bobby. I know we're we're on a little tight time frame and not the uh, biggest hockey guy in the planet. Although this isn't really hockey talk. Did you? We can uh, either skip this and come back to it. But if you've been paying attention to Boston sports world at all, you would know that the Bruins uh, are not racist, Raymond. They did rescind the contract that they gave to Mitchell Miller, the uh, outed racist, uh, disabled child abuser. Any initial any any thoughts on that from the uh, the non hockey guy? Did did it creep so, into your world? So basically, this guy it boiled down to they hired him, and then it turned out he was essentially a bully when he was a kid, right? Oh no no when they got when he got drafted <laughs> by Phoenix or Arizona, it's they little... knew they knew about it, and ah. they said this guy has to go, and he's been sitting out in free agency just in a void, and then the Bruins thought, hey, this is a great idea, let's bring this guy back. Gotcha. Yeah. I mean, that's just, it's it, typical. They just didn't, they're not, not reading the room. And probably if there wasn't the Adoka scandal kind of like in the stratosphere, this might've gotten away with it, but it's, I, I'm kind of tying it to like Adoka then probably gets hired if there isn't the Kyrie scandal. So it's just kind of bringing more attention to the whole thing. So it, it is probably just one of those things that would slot under the radar anyway, but you can't have guys like this. It's just, we can't do that anymore. Yeah, initially when this broke, um, and Ray and I, we, we were talking it was about last it. Friday. Like, yeah, that they signed this kid, and um, you know, like, all right, so what do you do? Okay, so at 14 years old, he he initially it was reported that he bullied a um, mentally um, disabled kid, uh, African American kid, and made him lick a lo- made him lick a lollipop that they put in a urinal and pissed on and you know that's like from uh, an adam sandler movie like it's like 14 year old kind of shitty bullying things you know you, you make them eat bird shit type of thing kids do shit kids do stupid shit okay kids do make other kids do stupid shit this so that was the initial thing and it's like all right well how many do people get second chances sure as it turns out that's not what happened. This, this Mitchell Miller has been bullying this kid since the first grade, picking on him, N-word this, uh, brownie this. He's adopted also by white parents. Tough upbringing for, uh, for um, oh, cotton, my God. Cotton comments, Mitchell Miller. Yeah. Isaiah. I'm sorry. I forget the victim's name. Elijah. Isaiah. Isaiah. Sorry. Isaiah. Isaiah. Yeah. Um, so, uh, and, and then. It's like even then, fine. Okay, so you do then all through childhood. What's what's the remorse look like? Zero. The answer is zero. The yeah. the probably the, first the only apology. way he gets out of it is if like let's say this happened till he was eighteen. Then when he was twenty, on his own, he went and you know apologized and said I was wrong. And then yep, it didn't happen. Out. What he is twenty right now. 
and on the verge of getting a contract from the Bruins, the Bruins made him go apologize. Well, let's and say he, he, that didn't happen. You know what I mean? Like, let's say it was 19. He apologized on his own 19. Sure. And then this all came out. Yeah, no, of course. And that's what that's what they him and his his agent was putting out there that we've apologized. We've done all this. Well, come to find out the Bruins basically held your hand to do it. And you did it over yeah. Instagram. So yeah, Instagram messenger. And then over the weekend, I'm not going to read it because it's actually just like too sad. Isaiah came out the victim with his own statement uh, via um, a victim organization. I forget the name of it. Sorry. And uh, it was brutal. <laughs> Go look it up mm. if you want to read it. It's brutal. Just like and and he's handling it on himself. But basically his message was, hey, fuck you, Mitchell. Like you didn't do it. You didn't apologize to me you were a piece of shit to me for years and now now you're trying to get past it so you can get an nhl contract go fuck yourself um also real quick when he got when mitchell got drafted by feed or arizona his mother actually called or got a hold of the organization to say this is this kid that you just drafted this is what he's been doing to my son he's a bully he's a piece of shit like you need to know more about this kid you got to do a better deep dive with your PR and all that stuff because this kid is not worth playing in the AHL. In the Arizona Coyotes, who play in front of five thousand people at a college stadium in the NHL, were smart enough to let the kid go. And Don Sweeney went and signed him and thought that he would could blow it all under the rug and it would be fine. Uh, and then they changed course two days later after the public blowback and the NHL and Bettman saying, look, we're not even sure we're going to let this kid play in the NHL. They're trying to rescind the contract news. Uh, Billy hashtag Billy bomb from the queen from Bill says they're still paying the kid. They can't get out of the contract. So they're still just going to pay him to just go away. What a f up. So that's the whole kid thing from the Bruin side. What a complete and unmitigated disaster out of Desperation, Ray, because Don Sweeney hasn't drafted a single kid other than McAvoy, who was a no-brainer. Name me someone else that's made an impact on this franchise. He can't. That a desperation, they tried to get this kid who's 20 years old, playing against 17-year-olds, won an MVP. F***ing kudos to you, dude. Go go pound sand. Get the f*** out of here, Mitchell Miller. You're a piece of shit, and Sweeney, you. Like, what, how, just so bad. So bad. And by the way, the Bruins are 10-1. and one. Like, come on, 11 and two now. What the f and also, oh. Sweeney, uh, Neely, how many, had press... how many fucks did I just say? Like, 50? <laughs> too many, too many. But Neely had a press conference on Monday. We all thought that uh, Sweeney's job was out, but yet he just basically said, you know, we all fucked up in the front office, we didn't do our due research on this kid and all that stuff. But I don't know, I think this is this should set a precedent that you know, Sweeney's job's not safe after this last fuck up. You're, you, I think this is the last straw, one more thing, and he's gone. Yeah, luckily, uh, Patrice Bergeron and uh, the 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 team, uh, in spite of all odds that Sweeney has given them, is are good. Um, they have always been pretty good, and, and they, this year they've been really good, eleven and two. And unlike the Celtics, the exact opposite from the injury standpoint and the medical staff standpoint, they underpromise, overdeliver. Marshan came back a month early. McAvoy is back tonight against the Flames a month early, basically. Uh, and the Celtics are kicking ass and taking names. Uh, the drunk they can avoid the Cavaliers. <laughs> the drunk uh, Montgomery has them playing an offense that we haven't seen in a really long time. Corresponds with you know some uh, shakier defense. However, skid mark from Buffalo. 
Allmark is your uh, odds-on favorite for the Vesna early, early, early here in the NHL season. He's been playing Very great. Early. So Very I'll give you that. I'll give you that. I'm just saying you got a good hockey team here in uh, in Boston. Probably your best team in the city right now, of yeah, Celtics. And uh, and Don Sweeney went and screwed it up, hiring a signing a, a, a racist piece of shit. So Second round exit? Oh, yeah. Second round exit. Mm-hmm. Better than the first round exit. Better. Mm-hmm. Make it the next round. One more for Bergeron. Quick break. Talk about the Patriots bye week and some NFL around the NFL talk. That was a lot of Fs, huh? No, whatever. God, I think it was like I, 10. I, my face went red and my eyes went uh, black. And I just, that's how yeah. angry. Did you read, did you read or listen to mm-hmm. the, uh, the, the whole remark from Isaiah? Mm-hmm. The whole statement? Good God. Yeah. I think I listened to it on. Uh, Felger, Maz was like crying. Yeah, he was like broken up by it. Hey, man, let's get the <laughs> piece like, of shit. Look, I know, you know we've all been done stupid we're all shit, and as kids, well, we've nice all done some fucking dumb things, and even as adults, you're pieces of shit. But like, that's evil from like the age yeah. of six to fourteen to like he. There was a big racist aspect, sure, but like the kid, like learning disabled. Like you really can't just like let him go. You're gonna punch him in the head and beat the shit out of him. Good God, man, that kid fucking sucks. Yeah, fuck you. Well, he obviously has some other issue that he's taking out on this kid. Well, I think he was his dad has also come out and like uh, his dad's response to it was, "Well, Isaiah's no prize either." So, fourteen year old with the reading intelligence of a five year old is like that's the excuse that the dad has. So, obviously, there's some learned behavior from some pieces of shit mm. going on. So, speaking of pieces of shit, the uh, Patriots are on their bye week this week, and uh, Belichick was in the news right at, I guess this was after the uh the Colts game Monday yeah Monday the Monday press conference after a- admitting that yep old Matty P in the offense was tipping plays uh, it was it was uh, the Colts game the Colts defenders came out and said it or the Patriots came out and said the Colts were calling whatever and then Belichick offered the news that that it was also going on in the Jets game you don't get that type of stuff from Belichick down there. That is shots across the bow from Matty P. Uh, your open, your your initial thoughts on that, Robert. Your initial if you thoughts. Knew, on, if it's on true that. that he knew in the Jets game and it wasn't addressed by the Colts game, I can only assume that it, it's one of two things. It's either your calls and your audibles aren't changing, and they're like so. Basically, through the first seven weeks, they were using the same calls over and over and over again, and they can be verbally heard. Okay, so that can be adjusted. So was it that, or was it literally that their playbook is so remedial that each time that they line up in a formation, it is like a 90% chance that it is X play to follow. Either one's problematic. I almost think that the first one's worse. If you know it in the Jets game, you don't do anything to fix it. That almost leads me to think that it's the playbook being that remedial. Otherwise you would fix it. I have a scenario for you. It's both. Please, Mm -hmm. please. No, it's both. Oh, bo- oh, yeah. I'm, it could be both. Yeah, I, I mean, if if you have two offensive coordinators that haven't done it, those are the type of more detail oriented things in the back that, through your experience working in an offense, that you would address. So these things probably aren't being addressed throughout the season, and now it's at the point where you haven't been evolving that part of your offense. 
Yeah, and you're dealing with two quarterbacks, and you got uh, Joe Judge, the killer of Daniel Jones, uh, opining for the fourth-round rookie, uh, trying to get him to be the starter while Mac Jones is sitting there trying to come back. Yeah. <laughs> Shitty. Does it lead to a change, Raymond? Uh, is Belichick going to take that play sheet when we see him against the Jets next week? Uh, no, there's going to be no change. I think he's just going to ride this out, and I think in the offseason – Robert Kraft's going to step in and say, listen, this is not what we're going for. You got a few years left before you pass uh, Shula. Let's just fucking find your success. <laughs> You're just going to stick with paths. No, no, no. He's got <laughs> he's to bring someone in here. He's got to bring an offensive coordinator that knows how to do it, especially if you have Mac Jones. Obviously, they're not – Mac's regressing, not pro- progressing in the second year. You got to bring someone in that can actually work with him, uh, can, you know, get his full uh, – Talents. Stat, talents out there and show all that stuff. Matt Patricia is not the guy. So I think uh, you're going to ride it out. You're going to have stupid skinny Ray of the rest of the season, but come off season, there's going to be time for change. I think Belichick's plan is he knew McDaniels was going to fail. And he's like, fine, Josh, go ahead, go to Las Vegas. <laughs> and then he's going to wait till the Raiders game, bury him. He'll get canned. And then McDaniels will be back. So Belichick can go back to coaching special teams. Yeah, yeah, exactly. No, at the end of the Raiders game, they meet at midfield and Bill on the handshake slips him a paper note. Would you like to come back? Yes or no? Circle yeah. and return, please. Uh, and then that's the only fix I he see. Gonna get a, I don't think he's going to make it to the Raiders game, the Patriots-Raiders game. That's... He might not. But I agree with you. Belichick's not going to call the plays. Nope, that's an omission of failure that he you, know, you will never see. He's beneath. He's above that. That's beneath him. He's not going to have a play sheet in his hand. He's a head coach. He's one of the few head coaches in the NFL that doesn't go out there and call plays or be a defensive guy. So no, you're not going to see that, but it would not surprise me to see some major changes one way or another from what Bobby was talking about on the offense, whether they have the skill and ability to do it. Well, now that's, now that's wait and see type of situation, but yeah. And then last thing on, in the offseason, Billy O'Brien is the name that comes up as is your fix. The only reason he's not here is because Saban and Belichick fucking dock dock each other in the offseason and didn't want to upset. Yeah, Saban the, wouldn't release him, the right? tide there. Well, he yeah, would have. Billy O'Brien could have left if he wanted to, but Belichick didn't even ask because uh-huh. of the uh, the friendship, quote unquote, but, that him and Saban. But Alabama is out of the playoffs right now because they have two losses, so maybe. This could all happen kind of thing. Like, remember when McDaniels came back when he was fired as offense coordinator from St. Louis? Maybe that's because something could happen with uh, Billy O'Brien with Alabama. You know, I don't I don't rule out anything. And this is the credit I will give Belichick. As much as my conspiracy, the, conspiracy is he's, he's trying to mold Patricia and his son, Steve, to take over the Patriots. If it's not working, I don't hold, I don't put it past Bill Belichick to just fucking push Matty P aside. Not going to do it to his son, but pushing Matty P aside, I think that's well within the, the capabilities and the aspirations of Bill Belichick, especially if he wants to catch Shula before 2026 and he wants to get a couple playoff wins in the meantime. Mm-hmm. I think it's just an unfair position Patricia's in too, to be the offensive coordinator and the offensive line coach. Offensive line coach, which is an integral position. I, I mean, you need two different people to really set those things up. He, he is, it's a tall order. Are you and fucking sticking up for Patricia? Yeah, don't fuck it. Don't do that. No, don't do that Bill, on this show. Buddy, no, 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 no. Don't say unfair. The, you know what? Fuck you, Patricia. You're a rocket scientist. He probably asked for it. Fuck Patricia. Okay. <laughs> Skinny Ray. <laughs> Skinny Ray asked for those, and uh, he got what he got. What he asked for. Got what he deserved. 
Let's do around the NFL. Let's do some uh, start with some just a division standings to give you the uh, the news around the NFL. Get your reaction. Uh, leaving the AFC East, your Buffalo Bills just barely six and two, uh, six and two for the uh, cool latest loss against the Jets. Uh, they're winning the East. The AFC West, the Chiefs, I would say in control. However, they only got a one game lead over the Chargers, but I don't have any faith in them. Six and two are the Chiefs. Ravens uh, in the AFC North. Again, shaky, shaky, shaky are the Ravens. Bengals are uh, heating up. And the AFC South, woof. Uh, the Titans are five and three. Uh, nobody else in even close in that contention. Let's switch over to the NFC. The Eagles, the only undefeated team in the NFL, eight and oh. Uh, Cowboys are making a little bit run there, six two, and the surprising Giants also six and two. Seahawks got to be the biggest surprise in the NFL, mm-hmm. undoubtedly. Yeah, no Geno Smith over Cam Newton, breaking news there. Come back six and the three, six and three of the Seahawks. The 49ers are disappointing, four and four, and the Rams can't handle Super Bowls. Can't. It's the Rams are like Ray drinking too much. The next day is just awful. Fucking useless. Mm-hmm. Rams and Super Bowls like Dr. Big Mac trying to ha- deal great, with that. Great. Great. That was great. Okay. Thanks. Uh, Vikings probably right behind the Seahawks in terms of surprising. Seven and one with Kevin O'Connell at the helm, expatriate. We get Does Bill Belichick get uh, credit for that yep. on the coaching tree? Obviously. Mm-hmm. Obviously. Three and six are the Packers behind them. Fucking and NFC North might be the worst in the NFL. Uh, NFC South will give them a run for their money. The Bucks and Tom Brady sneak one out last week. Uh, they're four and five. Falcons uh, four and five as well. Saints lose Thursday nights. Uh, now three and six. Um, uh, you know, if you have any thoughts on division winners, feel free. But I'll start with the Bills going down against the Jets. Josh Allen strained elbow day to day. Now, your thoughts on that loss and Josh Allen moving forward. I'll go. Uh, basically, they're saying that he's going to miss this game coming up on Sunday against the Vikings, which is a big game, big showdown, and he's probably going to miss multiple weeks. So if that's the case, this AFC East, I mean, Buffalo pretty much bought their or signed in the offseason to beat the Chiefs, and I don't even think they're going to make it to the Chiefs in the AFC because that means the Dolphins are right there, the Jets are right there to take the first-place lead, the Chiefs will get the bye. So, I mean, Buffalo could be a wild-card team going into the playoffs, and that's huge. Well, they would have to lose it. You so you'd give them, you'd give Miami and the Jets a chance, a shake to win the East. Yeah, Josh Allen's out. For Jets, but well, let's let me just correct you real quick. The Jets have no chance to win the East. All right, so Patriots or Dolphins? Patriots or Dolph, uh, Dolphins have a chance to win the AFC. Sorry, if Josh Allen's out for multiple weeks, okay, sure, I'll give it to you. Who's their backup? Uh, Case Keenum. Case Keenum. Nope, never mind. They're gonna win. Case Keenum's a fucking perfect guy to come in there and win. You kidding me? Check out his track record. I don't know, man. Professional backup quarterback. Yeah. Zappy. Uh, Colts. Bobby, you had this on uh, Monday or Tuesday whenever we did the Patriots show. Colts hired Jeff Saturday. Jeff Saturday. Colts hired Jeff Saturday as their head coach, blowing uh, uh, Frank Reich out the door. Uh, full tank mode. The NBA would be blushing over how bad the trust the process is going on in Indianapolis. You got you catch the press conference from Ursay, Bob? Bobby? Yes, I did. Yes. I think Good rambling thoughts. is a word to describe it. <laughs> the 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 top what quintennial of the top yeah, quintennial. Like we're in the top quarter of the top quarter of the top quarter. Okay. I'll hire who I want. <laughs> like, so it's 2000. Didn't it say? come out that he was calling the guy during the game? I haven't heard of that. Uh, he was I calling Saturday. I saw something that said that where it was like, hey, 
he was reaching out literally during the Patriots game. He's like, hey, 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 you watch this? We suck. When can you be here? <laughs> he was calling Jeff Saturday? He was calling Jeff Saturday during the wow. game. If you're Jeff Saturday, Ray, like, I get it's an NFL coaching job. You, like, did he have aspirations to be a coach? Or did he get the, look, we don't want to win another game, but here's the things that we'd like you to kind of focus on. Can you just come in and be a figurehead and I'll pay you a lot of money? That's what Ryan Clark pretty much said on ESPN is that uh, Jeff Saturday and Jim Ursay are boys. Like Jeff Saturday goes over Christmas Day to spend the holidays with Jim Ursay. They're very close. They're big time friends. Obviously, he was there through the Peyton Manning years and all that and the debacle after Peyton Manning. But uh, Jeff Saturday and Jim Ursay are friends. So I think it's just him doing a solid like I want to get out of this Frank Wright thing. We're going to start fresh next year. I just need you to come in here, mop up the rest of the season, take some of the blame, and then, you know, here's a big payday. That's all I think it is. Yeah, you're probably right. What do you think? What do you think Jim Ursay serves for like appetizers at Christmas? Just a bowl of Quaaludes? No, I was going to say Quaaludes, yeah. <laughs> bowl of Quaaludes and like glass Christmas trees full of Vicodin. Some perk 30s. <laughs> There's no food there. <laughs> no. no, it's just drugs and tits. That's exactly. <laughs> he calls Jerry Jones. Jerry Jones, like, I'm not coming to your fucking party. <laughs> How many holes you got, Jim? <laughs> not nearly enough. Not nearly enough. Can we kill any? No. Shit, Jim. Uh, <laughs> fucking Jeff Saturday. Uh, shots fired. We just talked. Pete Carroll in Seattle just. It's churning on Russell Wilson. Has anyone fallen from grace? That's not the right phrase I put in the email. Russell Wilson went to the Super Bowl twice, you know, was considered one of the uh, best winners, quote unquote, winners in the NFL for many years. Was he third round pick, fourth round pick? Third round. Um, and now he sucks. And the report is what he was. He wouldn't wear a quarterback wrist, uh, you know, the, to call the plays. He would just go out there and, and try to make shit happen. Didn't trust the play calling, yada, yada, yada. Pete Carroll's has now called him out a couple times. Uh, Tyler Lockett had something to say. Um, you got a lot of words out of Seattle about Russell Wilson. Any thoughts on that? Old, old Pete getting, fr getting frisky. Sex ruined Russell Wilson. That's all it is. As soon as he had sex with Sierra, because they were holding out till marriage. Once he had the, once he uh, did the deed, he really fucked up his whole career. But yeah, I mean, it shows that he's not the greatest quarterback that Seattle had because he's just a piece of shit like every other quarterback in the NFL. I, I don't know if it's shit luck or if the Seahawks know what they're doing, but they kick him out and, and they get draft picks, no fan. And then this whole draft, it's like perfect. They hit on like six guys, they're all starting. So now they're, they, they're very well probably going to win the division. And, I can't even like think of another turnaround like this. I don't know if it's shit luck or they just identified like Wilson is a fucking douchebag. Everybody hates him and we need to get rid of him because now everyone's categorically coming out and nobody likes him. They, people are willing to say it. Yeah, I think you got to give him credit. I forget the G GM's name in Seattle, but it's not like he puts together bad teams. Mm -mm. You know, Seattle's always in the mix. Is John Dorsey, so... is that it? John Dorsey? You might be right. Uh, Geno Smith being a a competent quarterback is the biggest surprise going on there but old pete in his 70s still kicking it i like it yeah and uh yeah russell wilson see you later bud you're right how can you he signed well, that how contract can, though he did get that broncos money he got that money how can you think about 
you know, how can you think about cover two or cover three when you got you got fresh pee on the brain when you've never when you've never had it, you know? Watch me one two step. Just like a like a seventeen year old, just brain full of cum. Mm-hmm. <laughs> watch me one two. Watch me one two step. Sorry, Ray, I missed that one. That was a good joke. Uh, Commanders still in the, still in the news. The big news, the like uh, Associated Press news, Washington Post news. Uh, I think I just the D watch the DCDA just filed a lawsuit against them. Pretty sure I just <laughs> saw that come through. Yes. Um, before they did that, the Commanders issued a a statement trying to get ahead of the news story i guess uh comparing the da's uh, announcement that they would be making an announcement about the commanders to brian their uh, defensive player brian robinson getting shot in the in dc it was very confusing how they tried to to bring that together i guess they were just trying to shine light on the fact that uh, people get shot in america including in dc and Brian Robinson was one of them, and he happens to play for the Commanders. And uh, I guess I think that was the only point they were trying to make. Other than that, I don't know what the fuck they were trying to do. And then a couple hours later, the DA comes down and slaps a lawsuit against him for malpra for lying to them about how their organization was run and for malpractice of an organization and everything else we know that goes on under Dan Snyder. Um, Goodell's now- in that too. Goodell's in that lawsuit. Too. Yeah, now they're all now they're all getting pinched by uh the dcda so good luck bezos is going to be the owner of the commanders by season's end or mcconaughey matthew mcconaughey jay-z and jeff bezos all right all right all right how did those two get mixed up with bezos weed i have to think so ray you asked this question because bezos has more money than anybody in the world and has more money than god he can buy the entire nfl if he wants to i think yeah i i would have to think that the because you have to be voted in if you want to buy an NFL team. I would have to think that Bezos has so much money and is so powerful that he already has word from most NFL owners, like, you can't own more than, like, 47, 49% of this team, dude. Like, you get you get minority ownership, and you got to bring in some partners because... So stupid. If Bezos just comes in with a team, like, he can just spend as much money possible and just dominate. No, this is salary cap. You can't. In the NFL? This is salary cap. <laughs> okay. Okay. That's my that's my conspiracy theory. The NFL owner said, Bezos, Bezos, you can't buy a team by yourself because you have too much money. You got to go get some fucking schlub millionaire, Matthew McConaughey, and a fake billionaire in Jay-Z, and then you can buy the team. They just wouldn't want they might not want him in there because he just might be too powerful of a of a voice. Like the right. the, the owners that are in that room, they they might just already want to be like the top dog owners and don't want some new guy that kind of like would try and be in that seat. Well, Jerry but, Jones asked him, how many prostitutes have you fucked and or killed? The number wasn't what uh, Jerry Jones wanted. So Bezos might be on the outs right now. No, he outdid him. He was like, oh, you, ever been, you ever been to the Middle East, bitch? Kind of, he's like 15. <laughs> you sissy. <laughs> yeah. No, I've. Uh, yeah, you ever heard of Yemen? That civil war? Yeah, that was me. <laughs> <laughs> suck it jones bezos what a fucking oh yeah god no that anyway uh if if he matthew mcconaughey and jay-z are not the guys that those are the two most popular people that could own an nfl football team i think matthew mcconaughey and football that's great bring him on i'm into it especially in dc they'd, they'd eat that guy up they'd eat that guy up they're kind of racist down here so maybe jay-z not so much but 
McConaughey. He's in. He's in. Uh, Bobby, I know you got to go. Let's finish yep. up with the uh, with the Patriots thought, and then uh, I can shit on Ray for his his big his power rankings. Thank Excellent. You. I'll ask you this question. You can give me yes or no, and expand on it however you want. Did the Patriots and their Monday Night Massacre, the embarrassment, actually happen to make Justin Fields good, who just went off for 178 yards rushing? Are the Patriots responsible for the surge in the uh, uh, Justin Fields escalation here? Yes, they let him pop his cherry. Yeah, absolutely. He gained confidence, and then the coaching staff realized, oh, let's just do things he does well instead of everything else that he does bad, and they've only done that for the three following games. That's it. You're welcome, Chicago. Yeah. You're welcome, <laughs> Chicago. Uh, Roberto, uh, we'll see you next time. Thank you, gentlemen. Okay. Take yep. care. Goodbye. Appreciate Bye, it. Good yep. thoughts as always. Do I have to kick you out? Nope. See you. Nope. Nope. He did himself. Raven. Ah, oh, Richard. How are you? Dr. Big Max. Oh, you want to talk some shit about uh, Jack or Bobby while they're not nope. here? No, but I like to go to that first question before the power rankings uh the worst team in the league right now not named the commanders oh okay the worst team in the league not named the commanders i'd like you to go first oh uh i was just facilitating here i don't actually have... okay I'll, uh, go. I'll go i'll go i'll go i'll go i'll go the jets fuck the jets Ooh. i'll Man, say i've been saying i've been i'm gonna have to beep i think i hit my f yeah i hit my f quarter today yeah god damn it okay i'm going Denver broncos Ooh. Denver Broncos, where's team? I mean, you went out there, you signed Russell Wilson, you got that big trade, you get you get signed to a massive contract. I think all is well. I even said the AFC West was going to be the best division in football, and then you go out there and Nathaniel Hackett can't even fucking coach his way out of a paper bag. You got, you know, Jerry Judy, you got uh, Melvin uh, Gordon that's back in the backfield. You got, you got Gordon a decent... Sutton. You got a decent roster and you just can't do shit. You know, you just keep continuously losing and it's in bad fashion. It seems like uh, Hackett shouldn't have been a head coach to begin with. So, you know, that team went out there with a Walmart group, spent a lot of money on the offseason trying to make this a very good competitive team and they swung and missed. Can't hack it. Can't hack it with Nathaniel Hackett. There you go. All right, Raymond. Um, why don't you give us Dr. Big Mac's? Power rankings, NFL power rankings. Thank you, Richard. I'm going to start at number 10. I'm going to give you 10, 9, and 8, and 7. Uh, number 10, the Tennessee Titans. Number 9. I do. York- I, uh, you, you always do this. You don't, like, give any um, reason because you're just waiting for me to shit on it or – well, I'm going to give you four, and then you we can shit on the four. Got it. Okay. All right. That's so why, we'll, that's why we'll I like, go. So I can give you four, then we can shit on it. And then got we'll it. Got it. Got four. it. We'll go in okay. groups. We'll go in groups. Okay. All right. So number 10, as I said, Tennessee Titans. Number nine, the New York Jets. Number eight, the New York Giants. And then number seven, the Miami Dolphins. Shit away, Richard. Shit Fucking away. yuck. Look. I get but, the Jets are six and three, but I I yelled at you for this the other week, and you you know shook you your did, head in agreement. They just knocked off the Buffalo Bills. That's a very big task to do. That's a big boy win. I mean, you're second in the AFCs. You're right behind the Bills now, and if any, there's no room. There's one loss. 
Buffalo has no room to make any mistakes. Their Bills and I mean the Jets and the Dolphins are right, All right behind. Well, the we're going right to play this game, the power ranking game. The Patriots beat that Jets team. I guess we haven't heard. Maybe the, maybe you do have the Patriots in the top six. Maybe maybe. Uh, so I'll wait to uh, give judgment there. Jets are never going to be in my top ten. That's fine. Not no. Look but at the to... teams they beat. We did. I did this to you. you this is the same. You had the. You, you had the. Who you just named the worst organization in football, the Denver Broncos. Last year, you had them in your top five for the first three weeks because they beat the garbage of the NFL. And the Jets are in that same boat. They have beaten uh, some bad teams. And I told you this in the Patriots show. The Bills, the Bills have these lulls in the last couple seasons under Josh Allen and McDermott when they've been good. They lost to Jacksonville last year. Um, they lost to the Patriots last year, early in the season, the middle of the season. That's not a signature win for the Jets. That's not it a signature look, win? No, it looks like one, but that's that's a classic loss for the Bills, not a signature win for the Jets. Watch. Out of the bye week, the Patriots are going to go run rickshaw on them again because the Jets are fake. They suck because Zach Wilson sucks. That's why. That's why. Is, that's why this is power rankings week 10. Okay. Who else you have on there? I got blinded by my hatred. Titan, for that. Titans at ten, uh, Giants at eight, and Dolphins at seven. Okay, um, yeah, it's hard to know without knowing who else is above them. Uh, the Giants might be a paper tiger too, but they. Well, let me been... tell you, Bucks aren't on my list. The Rams aren't on my list. The Packers aren't on my list. Teams that are always in the top ten for the past three years are not on my list anymore. Because they have fallen from the grace. That's okay. And, no, they don't. They don't. They probably. And that's why I think be. these top ten, you're just going to be these teams that you're like, what the fuck? But I mean, the powerhouses are out, and now these new fresh faces are coming in. All right, and one more time: ten through seven, Titans, Jets at nine, yeah. Giants at eight, Dolphins at seven. Dolphins. Okay. Um. Let's go. What are we going next? Three. I'll give you six, five, and four. At six, I have the Baltimore Ravens. At five, I have the Dallas Cowboys. And at number four, the Buffalo Bills. And the Bills. Yeah, see, um, I don't have a problem with that. I don't really have a – I don't have any qualms with that. Tough to know, obviously, without – The top um, three. Without the top three, there can be some debate here. It'd be there's Well, we know uh, the Chiefs and the Eagles are here. So there is a – there's a wild card team uh, coming up. Uh, Vikings are going to be in your top three. So go ahead. So my top three is number three, the Vikings. And number two, the Kansas City Chiefs. And number one, if you haven't lost yet, you deserve the one spot, the Philadelphia Eagles. Um, I'll give you that. I'll give you that. I'll give you... Yeah, I'll give you one, two, three, four, five, six... I'll leave you give me seven with the Dolphins, who you know Ooh. I believe are such trash. So such awful changing. trash, but God, talent does win a lot of games. Talent does win a lot of games. Let's go over a couple teams that didn't make the list, okay? And then we'll move on because we're late. Uh, Seahawks, who we just spent a lot of time on. So the, the teams in question here are, I think the Titans, just on track record, I don't... No, I don't think the Titans have an automatic bid here. So you're talking Titan, Titans, Jets, Giants. Mm -hmm. Seahawks. So out of those three, would you take all three out 
and put three new teams in. I'm gonna go, I'm gonna give you some teams right now. Okay. I'm gonna give you some teams right now that I think can all be debated. This Sunday, I give you uh, Seahawks, Seahawks Giants. Okay, who are you taking? Where is it? Seattle Giants. <laughs> I give you uh, Bengals Jets. Bengals. Bengals. The Bengals are above the Jets. Everyone's going to be above the Jets. I give you Seahawks Jets in in New York. Seahawks. Okay. <laughs> uh, I give you Patriots Jets. Patriots. Okay. Uh, I give you Chargers Jets. I'd go Jets on that. Bucks Jets. Jets. Okay. Okay. I I mean I understand Rams. I get they're out there outside of it. Uh, the Jets, the Jets don't belong in here. You're, this is where you fucked up. So you got to go either Bengals. Um, you got to go. If I either... put the Bengals, let's be honest with each other right now. If I put the Bengals in the top ten instead of the Jets, you're arguing to put the Jets in the top ten and take the Bengals out. I will never argue for the Jets ever, <laughs> ever. I disrespect them so much. I will never argue for the Jets, even in uh, in lieu of our bet for the uh, Joe Burrow and the Bengals. Oh, thank you. Um, I yeah, I go Bengals over them. I go Seahawks over them. Uh, I go Patriots over them. They just beat them by your logic. I put the Patriots over them. Uh, I put the Chargers over them. Jets don't belong in there. Okay. Uh, Gi- the Giants are the next one. I'll, I'll just uh, argue with you. I'll, I'll. They've been they've been surprisingly good. So fine, we'll put them we'll put them in there. Slide everybody up, and then whoever you want to put at ten probably should be the Bengals as the defending AFC. Um, champion um, at ten really instead of the Jets, but you could I could argue Seahawks as a division uh, leader. The Jets put, are not a division I, leader. I, I put Seahawks there. Fine. Take the Jets out. Seahawks at ten. You know, you're just trying to do this devil's advocate with the Bengals thing. You're trying to lay in the weed right now, in a snake in the grass, mm-hmm. old snake in the grass. Uh, okay, um, you know what? We are going to uh, skip the Reds. <laughs> Oh, well, yeah, fuck it. Whatever. It's a Thursday afternoon delight. We'll do a couple minutes on uh, Red Sox question mark. Sky rockets in flight. Woo! Afternoon delight. Whoop. You guys have it, I think. Huh. Afternoon delight. I don't know, Ron. That sounds kind of crazy. We had Jack on. Oh, thank you. Thank you for the, the boobies. We had Jack. Jack always goes long, you know. He's got a well. We said twenty minutes, and he just likes took to talk. thirty. Yeah, I like it though. It was He's very got a lot informative. To say. Uh, this won't take long. The Red Sox. Uh, this is more of a baseball edition. The Astros. We haven't talked about. It is Congrats. the World Series. Astros win. They beat the Phillies. Uh, they got two World Series. We had this conversation over text. Are they a kindred spirit to the Patriots? And the fact that. They have now won two World Series, been to five straight ALCS uh, ALCS um, matchups, and have one of the biggest cheating scandals in MLB history. Yes, they're the Patriots. But they've won. Are they? No matter they... what, we won. Patriots won, and no matter what, to this day, we're still called cheaters. So no matter what, as long as the Astros keep winning, they'll be known as cheaters. There's nothing that's going to scrub it from. They can win three in a row, and they're still going to be called cheaters. 
No yeah, but uh, but this is the dis- difference that I made. Um, Belichick and Brady have, yeah, people still call Belichick a cheater, but not like they used to. They they passed it. There's nobody on the Astros that is considered the best of what they best of all time. There's nobody you. on that team that's considered best of all time. The Patriots had two. They had at the most important positions, arguably, and coach and head and uh, quarterback and head coach. So they're kindred spirits, but the Patriots passed them. And they won six, by the way, not two. So if the Astros keep going and Altuve and Bregman and and, and they won it with two different uh, managers because one of them got bounced for cheating. So, yeah, it's kindred spirits, but they're not the Patriots. Yeah, but do you think no matter what, like now Brady's gone to Tampa uh, in a few years, Belichick retires. Do you think if we go on a little bit of a run, people are still not going to say the Patriots are cheaters? Uh, the idiots will, I think that. And how many people, are the, how many idiots do you think are in America? Oh, no. Too I, many. Uh, well, too, too many. Well, yeah, there's a lot of, yeah, there's a lot of, uh, yeah. us included are, uh, we're a world of idiots, but we're a, we're a little above. I, I just think the success, I just think the track record and the success of Belichick and Brady specifically passed the, the cheating scandal shit. And anybody with a brain looks at Deflategate and goes, that was dumb. And anybody with a brain and a little bit of energy looks at Spygate and goes, that was fake. So, you know, yeah, whatever. Uh, in terms of the Red Sox, you, know, you mentioned it at some point during the show. Uh, it's supposed to be a big spending season for... Oh, oh, just breaking news. We're in the Major League Baseball offseason. I don't know if you got... It's free agency right now? Yeah, and the, and the quick, Red Sox have uh, got no one. Quick question. Um, who has been signed for no anybody? No one. We're going to wait for the winter meetings to figure out where everyone's going to go. Oh, the old hot game. stove. Oh, yeah. The old hot stove that uh, gets cool and uh, doesn't eat up ever. Uh, Is MLB free agency the worst out of all four sports? Thousand percent worse. Easily. 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 The best thing they did was lock out this year. So you had that crazy frenzy before the season started because they only had a month to do shit. I know. Training camp already started and they're like, oh, how can we sign? Spring training, but yeah. Uh, Spring training. How can we sign this guy? And uh, he hasn't been to spring training yet. It's like, are you fucking serious? Baseball. (laughs) Hit a fucking ball. Yeah, you got got eight months to figure it out. Just sign him. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Red Sox haven't signed anybody. And in the meantime, John Henry is looking to sell his soccer team, sorry, football team in, uh, in Liverpool. Uh, and scuttlebutt is he's trying to go head to head with Matthew McConaughey and Jay-Z and steal the Redskins, uh, beep that commanders from him. All that means for his Red Sox fans is bye-bye Bogarts, bye-bye any chance at anything. Uh, you're just taking a back seat. You're taking a back seat to the the new big shiny toy John Henry wants to gather up. Although he's gonna make a payday selling Liverpool, that that franchise is worth a lot. So more than um, how much more than the Commanders, and how much is he gonna have to pay in that super team lawsuit or whatever he has? Keep talking. Going on. Keep talking right now. Well, no, the idea is. Why is he getting out of Liverpool? He hasn't owned it that long. He's on the Red Sox twice as long, if not more. He just bought the um, the Pittsburgh Penguins, the, the Fenway group did. Now they're trying to get into the NFL and NBA. So they're just trying to be an American market. That, that doesn't seem, that seems a little short-sighted. You have to, he got in, a, in trouble with that. Uh, they tried to create a super league over there in Europe. And the fans basically revolted as European soccer fans do and tried to burn down countries. If you ever want to, 
uh, hey, Russia, take note. If you ever want to take over a country, just uh, threaten their soccer teams. So so the idea of selling that is because he's in trouble and you got bad PR, bad press, or is it the opportunity that an NFL team is opening up and you need some you need some cash? I don't know, but it's but you said it. You're the soccer guy. Isn't he gonna have to pony up some money for that fucking lawsuit or whatever they had going on? Still you not coming up, but yeah, but so Super League, yeah, I think there's gonna be sanctions from it. So I think he's trying to get it out before all that happens. But like you said, he uh Liverpool, I guess, didn't make the Champions League, but I think they did. I was listening to uh Tyler and Rich and fucking Adam Jones was on filling in. He's like, Oh, they didn't make the Champions League, but they did. But they're not favorites, so I don't think that's part of the problem too. Like fans are just losing faith in this ownership group. But yeah, they have the best player in the world, one of the best players in the world in Salah. So I mean, you could sell that team for a lot of money, but it's one of those things where they're not performing to where they want to be. So I don't know. Google it, says Forbes values Liverpool at four point four five billion, and Forbes values the Washington Commanders at five point six billion. So you're a billion short. Does that mean you can sell the Red Sox? Do you think selling the Red Sox is on the table if he wants to get in the NFL that bad? Uh, what about the Penguins? Maybe sell the Penguins. Well, he just bought the Penguins. They probably have some uh, something in a contract. You can't sell them that quick. Sell the Red Sox. Sell everything. Have the Fenway Group get the fuck out of here. How about that? Um, I'd be. I mean, I, of course, I'm all so that. I, the only point is, last time the Red Sox were sold. They went out and signed Manny Ramirez and Pedro Martinez, and they they put a really good product on the field to to up their value. You got 140 million dollars under the on the franchise tag now for the Red Sox. It's supposed to be a big off season now that we're in it uh, to go spend some money, including your own guy in Bogarts. If they're looking to sell the team, that just gives them an added motivation to go spend a lot of money uh, on the way out. Yeah. That that seems like a win-win as a Red Sox fan. You're going to spend some money on some good talent, and you're going to sell the team. You think he's gonna okay? Do that, yeah, though? you've you've made you've you've uh, lasted here long enough. You've overstayed you gonna, your welcome. I'm good. He ain't going to do that. He's not going to break the bank. He doesn't want to. You're going to see. He's going to have this shit bag of an organization to say, "Well, you still got Fenway. That's our prized possession. So here you go. You can take this shit team and this beautiful ballpark, and that's what we're going to sell." Uh, yeah, you're probably right. There's been no, there's been no word of selling the Red Sox. So you're probably right. And for some reason, Google doesn't want to tell me what the Red Sox are worth, but it's got to be somewhere about four billion. No, March way. 24th, uh, value of the Red Sox soars to 3.9 billion, four billion. So, no, you're you know, you're right in the ballpark. You're a there. billion short. You're a billion short. Um, poor John Henry. Okay, that was the uh, that was the Red Sox. Uh, we're right back with simplest minds of the week to close it up. stupid or something i'm as stupid as a stupid does thank you richard i have three candidates for you uh let's begin first up we have brett Favre. okay brett Favre first the man steals from the mississippi welfare system and now he is back in the news with this one two drug companies supported by brett Favre overstated their nfl connections and exaggerated the known effectiveness of their drugs during efforts to raise money uh, Prevacus and Pressol MD were working on a nasal spray and cream that claimed they could cure concussions. Brett Favre is in a way like Robin Hood, where he's been stealing from the poor. Yeah. Uh, so basically, he's Tom Brady with the concussion juice. Yep, Tom Brady yep. and uh, Alex Guerrero. Yep. He had two companies that he was backing, saying, "Yep, this is great. Uh, he's using his NFL connections and all that." 
It was a spraying cream, and basically, yeah, it doesn't do shit. Here's why Favre lands on the dumb list and not the morally corrupt list is because he has no idea how any of this. He just gave the money to somebody oh, to invest absolutely. it somewhere. Absolutely. Same with the Mississippi shit. Um, he just no, no, no. There's him on record, like being recorded talking to was it the governor of Mississippi, and basically there's like there was taps, basically hearing them say like, yeah, you know, you're stealing from people. They're like, yeah, so what? No one's gonna ever find this out. Ooh, okay, well, he is more like a fuck Brett Favre. Yeah, fuck Brett Favre. Next up, LeBron James. Uh, I don't know if you have been keeping track of the hip-hop world, uh, Richard, but Takeoff from the group Migos was killed this uh, past week. And, of course, you know, hip-hop, NBA, synonymous with one another. Uh, players were talking about, you know, Migos and Takeoff, how they're inspirational. LeBron came out and said this. LeBron said he has been a fan of Migos since his first season with the Miami Heat back in 2010. I've been listening to, uh, quote, I've been listening to those guys for so long. I was listening to those guys my first year with the Heat in 2010. My teammates had no idea who Migos was. These guys are the next thing I told them. I'm letting you all know right now, end quote. That's very nice of LeBron to predict, but uh, Migos didn't come out till 2011. Uh, their big thing didn't come out till 2014. So basically, LeBron's lying once again, just to make the news. And He had like, the mixtape, yeah. dude. He had, he had Migos mixtape. They slipped it to him before. Before yeah, it came before, out. before it all came out. So, yeah, but once again, LeBron lying under the, you know, coming out saying he knows this shit and just to save face and say, like, he's important and he's in all these ties. No, just just be like, no, I, I if never I was a um, If I was a psychologist, LeBron James would be a really fascinating study. Hit the insecurities of a man that successful, powerful um, from... 16 17 years old his insecurities to uh to, to say some of the shit he says and do some of the shit he does uh would be a really fascinating brain study i would think i think so i, I don't understand but i think it's just something that like people are born with like you're just a pathological liar like that is just lebron james yeah like and, he just and why you have those... to be because you're in those big upper you know everyone Treats you as a god, like this generation treats. Maybe them. he's try. He's constantly trying to tell himself he's worth what he's been given because he never earned any of it at seventeen. It was it was all just handed to him. He never had a struggle. Uh, I know that he grew uh, up. He his, grew up in the projects. I get it. I get it. In I get Akron. I get it. I get it. I know that was really insensitive of me at Very sixteen year old years old. His mom got a Hummer and. Um, you know, you got a full ride to do whatever you wanted to do. And at 18, the Cleveland Cavaliers gave him a hundred million dollars. So it's the struggle was real real for LeBron and it continues to be, I'm sure. So I apologize. Your third candidate. Uh, third candidate. It's the world cup. It starts, uh, (laughs) cutter. Fuck you, FIFA. Damn it. I'm sorry. I'm gonna have to beep that. Starts November 20th. (laughs) And, uh, Zah from Barcelona sports said it best. Uh, this is going to be Firefest 2.0, uh, with new photos coming out of cutter, the World Cup fan village that shows nothing good will come from this. It's uh, shipping containers that they have made into luxury hotels. Die! I know. I don't know if you've seen photos. I can post it or whatever. But they're basically shipping containers that they made into hotels for these people to stay in. Two hundred dollars a night. Uh, basically, you get a bed, uh, a shitter, but I don't know how it does it because it looks like it's in the middle of the fucking desert. So uh, this just is not going to go well. There's going to be so much shit happening. But of course, FIFA is going to cover it up. But yeah, the shit show that's going to happen after the fact, you know, it's going to be great watching the product on the field. But the behind the scenes shit, 
oh, it's going to be laugh out loud funny. It's going to be a disaster for FIFA. I'd argue that there's probably going to be some interruptions or something that goes on with the on the field stuff too. You can't have that big of a, of event and mismanage that poorly um, and not have it interfere, but you're right. Like, you know, the once they once they get into the 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 bigger mat, like the first couple rounds, or whatever, you get some lower matches. Round robin, yeah, yeah, like I don't know, some lights will go out or something. But and you're right, FIFA will cover it all up. But I did see, I think I saw today, maybe it was yesterday, that FIFA admitted that um, should have been in the U.S. It should not have been in Qatar. They were not equipped to handle it. And between the um, uh, social or religious injustices or whatever that they brought to the table, and just the fact that they can't handle it. Um, that they made a mistake. Well, no shit, FIFA. <laughs> Why'd you pick them? They gave you the biggest check at the time. Uh-huh. Just, a Net- uh huh. Just Netflix documentary about FIFA. Uh, you might want to check it out. It's pretty ooh, good. Yeah, I do like getting mad. It's it's pretty much showing like everything that FIFA's covered up and uh, how they came to power and all this shit. It's it's bad. Thank God for FIFA. If you're Brett Favre, thank God for FIFA because he would have landed number one on this list easily as the simplest minds of the week. But nope, uh, FIFA wins and the World Cup wins. They are the simplest minds of the week. And uh, we'll just consider them the de facto simplest minds of the week till the World Cup's over. And we'll we'll bring in some second place uh, next week. That that sound right? No, because that's going to be until 2023 because the World Cup's going to go till then. Is that right? Yeah. It's that long? Mm-hmm. God, your sport sucks. It just sucks. <laughs> this has been the Simmons Sports Show, Friday Rewind, November 11th, Veterans Day. Thank you for your service. And you. bye bye. Thank you, Bill. Thank you for serving in Civil War. Bye, Renee. <laughs>